When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. At Caller, we've always looked at the future. Leading the way with our renewable gas bio LPG. Ideal for off-grid homes and businesses, it cuts emissions by up to 90%. So, if like Mary and Mick Gorman and Abby Leakes, you're looking for a cleaner, more efficient way to cook and heat your home, our renewable gas is the right solution for you. And one that protects the planet too. Bio LPG. Renewable gas from Calor. Find out more at calorgas.ie. Welcome to episode 83 of the bloodandmud.com podcast. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com and the gentleman over there just returned from a long weekend of... Was there any sangria, Josh? There wasn't actually any sangria. There was some paella and uh, there was me pronouncing a lot of C's as th- um, just to amuse myself. <laughs> um, they don't do that in Valencia, do they? Uh, I don't know, did it anyway, don't care. Um, <laughs> massive tourist. Anyway, uh, yes, I've been in Valencia all weekend. It was lovely. Uh, and I'm also Josh Gardner, by the way. That's right, Coming yeah. to you from the yellow-skied, red-sunned, post-apocalyptic wasteland that is uh, Britain. Yeah, if at any point we have to break off from recording this because basically my chimney stack has blown off, then basically I'll, yes. uh, we'll apologise for that in advance. Yeah. What have we got coming up tonight? Well, we've got a player spotted, of course. Got a bit of news. Of uh, an exclusive Rob news. Yes, it's been a very newsy day today. It's been a newsy day, a lot of it about Rob, maybe. We've got yeah. some rugby pick and mix coming up. We've also got oh, our us- like those. Yeah, usual of what we've learned. I don't even want to say it too early because I'm so excited about about the really big thing that's happened this weekend. And all of you out there who were who were regular listeners to the pod will know why we're so excited. If you've come along that's new, stick around and we'll explain. We'll try and explain a bit later on as to why we're so excited. Yeah, I'll put it. I'll put it this way: I was taking time out of a very boozy evening, sat next to the beach in Valencia on Saturday night to keep very close eye on a game that involved no team that I supported. Yes, the biggest game in the weekend was in the Challenge Cup. Let's just say that. Oh yes. Um, 
what else have we got? We've got the usual, the shit good ratings as usual. And also we're going to have another look at, after last week, where people seem to enjoy it a bit, another look at another great rugby argument from times yes. gone by. First of all then, Josh, before we get stuck into that, let's talk about a player spotted. Nick Mark, yes. Nick Metcalf gets in touch via the... I've not mentioned how you can get in touch with the pod. You can get in touch with the pod oh. at Blood and Mud, or I'm Lee at bloodandmud.com. And how do they get in touch with you again, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner or at Rugby Shirt Watch. Uh, yeah, I'll do, really. We're on ACAS, we're on iTunes, we're on... You know we're on every, you know where we are now. I've, you know, You're listening to it. You literally know already. Yeah, Unless the, someone's playing it to you in a car, in which case... In which I mean, case, really I hope sorry. there's no kids. Yeah. The, um, the, and the thing is, I've noticed the numbers aren't really going up anymore. I think we found mm. our level. We found yeah, our level. I think we found our niche. I'm happy with the people that we've got. Yeah, we've got a nice little club here that you're all part of out there. Yeah. And we love you for for being part of that. And no doubt you love us in a, in a quiet way. Or you tolerate us, or you endure us. But either way, we'll take it. So look, we if have... you tolerate us, then you're... <laughs> no. Hey! Now then... Uh. Let's have a look at the player spotted for this week. Nick Ma- Nick Metcalf got in touch via the Facebook page. See, it's all mm-hmm. we're multi-platform by the Facebook yep. page. He said, all the so, channels. He said, so I recently moved into my student house in Leamington Spa. Nice. This sounds I like feel a, old. it's a strong it's a strong opening that though, isn't it? I feel really That's old. That's a three already. men walk into a bar you? thing, yeah. This being one of the nearest non shitholes to Coventry, he says, <laughs> lots of the Wasp players live there. Going back a few weeks, I moved into my new home the morning of the Wasp versus the Harlequins game. When I was moving in, I took a break to admire the view from my window and saw Joe Launchbury walking a dog with a friend. He walked out of my walking a dog with a friend. He walked out of sight, and I thought more about, no more about it. About five minutes later, when down by the car unloading more bags, Joe walked past again. This time carrying a newspaper, but no dog anywhere to be seen. Mm. I do not know what happened to the dog. Maybe his friend took it. Whichever way, his newspaper and dog walk didn't help Wasps win later that day, although he did play a blinder. So, player spotted with added dog mystery. Yeah. What What? What did you do with that dog, Joe? Joe Launchbury, everyone loves you and thinks you should go on the Lions tour. Maybe that's why he didn't go on the yeah. Lions tour, is because they know about his terrible dog disappearing yeah. secret. Joe Launchbury, dog murderer. You Let the word first. go forth from here. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag uh, Launchbury Dog Murderer. Yeah. Do I you can't... know what I find more remarkable about anything else than that whole thing? Not the dog murdering. None of that stuff. It's the fact that a 26-year-old man was reading a newspaper. That is, isn't it? It must have been a Sunday, surely. Didn't he? Doesn't... Nick, you don't tell us what day it is, but surely... Well, what... If it was before the Wasp game, then it would have been a Sunday. But still, what sort of person under 30 do you know who reads a Sunday newspaper? Don't know. Young Are we concern... sure that he's not like 50? Young conservative. But he just looks really that. good for it. I bet Andy Good does. I know you lose loads of newspapers. Yeah. He's elderly, though. <laughs> what made me laugh so... was, we're going to do shit good later, but I, I can't remember. I haven't found a tweet, and I'm really sorry, but somebody touched us and said that shit this week was anything non-rugby related that Andy Good retweets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, he has shown his arse in that regard over the last. And what an arse it is, ladies and gentlemen. Now, oh, moving yes. on. Speaking of arses, let's do some Rob related news. Yes, I tell you what, when, obviously, I've been in Valencia all weekend, and I was like, oh, fuck, we're going to talk about this week. You know, I've basically <laughs> I've seen some highlights, and, you know, most of Manchester Montpellier when I was in an Irish bar in Valencia. So. I was like, what am I going to talk about? And then, thankfully, all of the news happened at once at about 2 o'clock this afternoon. So, brilliant. 
So, do you want to talk about Rob Howley will not be shortlisted for the Wales job? <laughs> I feel like we He's finally conceded sort of... to his wife's kidnappers' ransom demands yeah. and agreed have to not apply. Have you got some sort of celebratory music um, that we can run underneath this? Have because... I got celebratory music I can run underneath this? No, I've got I mean... the Taggart theme tune. Oh, I, t- I, mean, I tell you what I've got. Listen to this. I've got this is totally random. Listen to this. I have got this. That, that didn't really work because for some reason that didn't come through to my end. But I did enjoy you dancing oh, in your chair. Oh, it was missing you by John Waite. So oh, yeah, that wouldn't true. work. You're supposed to laugh. I've got something else teed up for later, but I forgot it won't work now because of this new recording no. device that we're using. Uh, Bollocks. Uh... Anyway, yeah, no celebratory music, I'm afraid. The, the no, listeners will hear that, you won't. Yes, I mean, maybe you can just add some happy music in post because holy shit, Warren Gatman said this afternoon that Rob Howley is not on the WRIU's three-man shortlist to replace him when he fucks off after 2019, <laughs> which does mean that if you you know tell the, demonstrate something to the people in the WRU enough times, eventually they will get a clue. Like there's only so many times you can be woefully inadequate, but before even the WRU goes, yeah, no, and uh, yeah, so brilliant as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, like, is it just me that thinks it's a bit weird that his current boss has just gone out in public and saying, yeah, he's not going to be on the shortlist? <laughs> not, and this is a press conference where he was asked about the whole Sean O'Brien thing and like defended Rob Howley's comment like qualities as an attack coach and then was just like yeah he's not getting my job though oh. this was a very it was a very weird press conference from Warren Gatlin for a variety of reasons but we will come on to that in a little bit yeah but, uh, yeah so good news after two attempts to take over Wales both of which you know were broadly failures he's actually managed to to finally put them off so thank fuck for that and here's hoping Wayne Pivak. I suppose the question is, his... I just hope Wayne Pivak keeps his sort of post November 2017 uh, 2019 clear because that was yeah. really my question. You see, but you moved on. I stopped because you were moving on to it anyway. It was around. So you think it'll be Wayne Pivak, do you? I think it's going to be the the list is probably Wayne Pivak, Die Young, and Steve somebody Tandy. else. Yeah, maybe Steve Tandy. Why not? Failing forward is basically what he does. So. What else have we got here on the news? Another Rob-related news. Rob Andrew is still launching even more people under the bus. Fuck me. That guy just will not quit, will he? I know he's got a book to shill. No doubt a shit book, by the way. Yeah, but... imagine how boringly written it will be. I know. But, like, just give it a rest, mate. There's no need. There's not. I mean, right, for me, imagine if, like, Rob Andrew was your housemate. Going back to Nick's point before when you were a student, <laughs> now, imagine if Rob was your housemate. He'd probably, like... <laughs> He'd shit on the carpet, but then get you evicted by the landlord. And then he'd probably, like, marry your girlfriend. He'd then cheat on... He'd divorce her, then somehow get her to give him all of her belongings in the divorce settlement. Yeah. Which he'd then burn in the street, which would incur a council fine. But then he'd get the council <laughs> officer sacked and install himself as director of waste services before being knighted to the services to the community. Then write a book <laughs> about how everybody's shit apart from him. That's basically Rob Howley's life. Rob, not Rob Howley's life. Rob, Rob Andrew's life. Too many Robs. Yes. We did say it was Rob Heavy. Is it... You can't blame us for that. <laughs> Rob Heavy but... sounds like a singer of an 80s metal band. <laughs> uh, yeah, and on bass guitar we have Rob Heavy. <laughs> um... 
No, it's oh, he's just such a prick, isn't he? <laughs> no, like, I thought you could. What do you call him the day? Has anyone? Has it? Has there any other person got out of his way to be more of a total ring piece? I know <laughs> that kind of sums just, it up, doesn't it? But he does like it. Like, I thought that Lancaster was very dignified in the way that when he was asked about it, he was just like. <laughs> basically sort of covertly said well he didn't fucking say anything about that at the time did he um, but you know everybody else is sort of behaving in this whole thing like they're actually trying to be polite and he's just like I fuck you <laughs> and <laughs> oh, I keep punching my microphones down I'm very sorry everybody there's uh, just, it's like, is there, I wonder who he'll be throwing under the bus next week well, who's we've left? already had well, that's the thing. Who have we had so far? We had Stuart Lancaster. Yeah. Um, Brian Ashton. Mike Tindall. Brian Ashton. Has Martin Johnson been launched under the bus yet? No, he was basically uh, very effusive about Martin Johnson, which indicates to me that he's fucking terrified of him. Yeah, because still Johnson was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, and unabashedly. Because he blamed basically all of England's World Cup failures on the players letting him down. As opposed to the fact that he had absolutely no quality. I love the way you said that, a... like it's all with capital letters. The player yeah. let it down, trademark, yes. Yeah. Like when he had no credentials to be a fucking coach, let oh, alone an international coach. It's staggering. It was remarkable. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's yeah. just a, it's so, a standard stitch up sports book, isn't it? Yeah. So on it goes. Right then, let's have a yes. look. Before we get into the into the meat of the weekend, let's have a do a quick mm. rugby pick and mix. Oh yes, yeah. I like so we've got this. This comes in from uh, a gentleman called Tyrant, or, or I can't tell if he's he's wanting to call the player Tyrant. Anyway, both maybe. Brain of James Haskell, hands of John Michel Gonzalez, tackling Strong. tackling of Backy's Boater, personality Rob. of Austin Healy. Oh, and the fight, Jesus. Yeah, I know, it's strong, isn't it? And the fighting ability of Gerard Scholey. Tell us a bit about the player. Haskell Brain can't come to grips with the fact that he's a dickhead. French forwards used to be particularly nasty, and Scholey was an ex-heavyweight boxer. Basically, he says this player is a massive Austin Healy who now has the actual physical clout to carry out his evil schemes. And then he finishes <laughs> with, this is not a world I want to live in. No. I mean, if that is... If that were a real thing, then I would pray for the red sun, yellow sky apocalypse <laughs> to take me today. Yeah, never mind but... Stephen King's It. Imagine that as a feature film. <laughs> You'd be hiding behind your popcorn for that one. No. Uh, well, actually, can you? let's do that. Let's make Stephen... Can somebody Photoshop this monstrosity together and then put him in Stephen <laughs> King's It <laughs> clown makeup? I and did... we'll send it to James Haskell and see what happens. Don't... Well, Rob Andrew, going back to that for a minute, talking about the old Sam Burgess thing, did prompt me to suggest on Twitter that I might make a second long run podca podcast run alongside this, the Sam Burgess Affair. Yes. 15 minute episodes be... once a week. Yeah, it'd be like serial, but. Like making a murderer, with... but yeah. Yeah, but with more northern accents. Worse accents. Yeah. <laughs> so we found um, out what yeah, we learned from it. the weekend. You probably learned yeah, probably how much should. gin and tonic you can put away before you collapse in a heap in a piazza. Uh, I've, I've learned that in in Spain, they make gin and tonics with tonic water that somehow is luminescent and it glows blue under black lights, which is very impressive, but did alarm me. It's because of this kind of nonsense that we're leaving the EU, Josh. 
We will not <laughs> exactly. stand for blue tonic water. Foreign muck, indeed. <laughs> obviously, tonic water is very, very not foreign. No, yeah, not at all. Mm. Right then, what did we learn? Anyway, yes, um, I learned that Welsh rugby just cannot stop fucking itself. <laughs> like now, I'm going to put a time limit on Welsh rugby this week. So yes, get it out of the way, Welsh and then rugby. we can move on. Like changing a selection law so that arguably your best player can't even represent his country when he's one of the main reasons that you've, you're rethinking this fucking law in the first place. Mental. That is mental. Like, this whole... Yeah, they they changed the selection policy thing today, so now they're doing the Aussie-style 60 caps. Yeah. Or you, can't pl- um, or you can't play for Wales if you're outside of Wales thing. Who does, that, who does a, that leave eligible? Jamie Roberts? And uh, Falato. Right. Charteris? Has he got more than 60? Uh, or are they ring-fenced? Are, are they still going to have uh, the five ring-fenced ring players plus the no, 60 that's cap? The, right. No, that's the thing. It's it's purely... Uh, it, they're saying that it doesn't apply to people who previously... Like, they're being really weird about it because they can't... <laughs> it's almost can't like they don't have a fucking clue what they're doing, isn't it? Charteris has got 74 caps, so he'll be fine. Has he really? How many yeah. of them came off the... Was him coming off the bench like a horse doing a cartwheel? Well, he kind of started that many, honestly. Yeah, who knows? But, but like, yeah, it's 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 a weird one because, yeah, the whole reason this whole thing started because people kicked off because Dan Bigger and Reese Webb left, Hmm. and rightly so, and now they're rejigging this whole thing, so that Reese Webb is now basically had his international career ended, because. Yeah, he signed a three-year. Well, he's committed to a three-year deal with Toulon, and um, he's twenty-eight years old. Like, I just—he doesn't deserve to be the fall guy for like the WRU's failure to confront confront reality about how the best players in the world, of which you know he is one. Let's not bet, beat around the bush. He is probably one of the better scrum halves in the world. Um, and they—they they they can't accept the reality of how much that sort of player earns now, and so. Yeah. He's only got, what, 30 caps? But a large reason of that is because he's suffered several massively horrible, serious injuries in his career, at least one of which he was suffered while he was playing for Wales. And they're going to punish him for that, effectively. Well, I suppose they've decided to draw the line somewhere. Because we just said, didn't we, look, he's going to still be playing anyway. This is all a nonsense. But they decided to draw the yeah. line somewhere, I suppose. Yeah. But the thing that, that really got my back up was when Gatland was asked about it, his response was basically, oh, well, you know, he hasn't actually signed that too long contract yet, has he? Like, he's committed to them in principle, but he could always pull out and he could always decide to sign with Wales. Like, that is bullshit. Like, why on earth should any player be expected to turn down double the money at 28 years old because he wants to continue to represent his country in the exemplary fashion that he has for the last six or seven years? Like, would Gatlin take 50% less of what he could get elsewhere just to keep coaching Wales? I doubt it. Gatlin would go go elsewhere and get 50% more somehow. Exactly. exactly. Of course he was. And anyone would. And it's just so critical and there's so much muddled thinking. And basically one of Wales' best players is paying the price for it. Like, it's so fucked up. And there are so many stupid decisions being made. But, like, it's just wrong. For me, that like Webb is being basically made the fall guy for the WRU's 
truculence and ridiculousness over the last five years with dealing with this massive issue of keeping Welsh players in Wales. We um, had um, a few tweets about this, as you can imagine. The uh, mm. what, what was it like? Is Robbie Alexander got in touch and said double shit for him is that Ross huh. Moriarty could now be ineligible for play for Wales. Uh, yeah, he would be, but he's going to sign for the Scarlets next year. So is that the is that is that the uh, is that the news? Is that the uh, as far as I'm aware? Yes, that's going to happen. And so. also, Joe Taring points out, and this is very very true. Getting rid of Gatlin's law only to replace it with a system that continues to deny Aled Brew his rightful recall to the national setup. Well, there is that certainly. He can't well, go back the, to the Dragons, though, couldn't he? Well, that's the, I, I imagine that he wouldn't go anywhere near the Dragons with a fucking barge pole right now <laughs> because he's playing for Bath. Starting for a, Bath. Yeah, at thirty-one or thirty-two years of age. But you know, it's it's the problem is that like it's fine they're doing this, but they're not actually fixing. The problem that is the national deal contracts thing. The pot isn't nearly big enough to to pay it's, for all of the players that they need to pay it's for. A it's a total like, what, unmitigated clusterfuck from start to finish. Yeah, and they need to basically got... put the reverse gear in and move backwards and let it beep while it goes backwards slowly until they figure <laughs> out what the fucking hell they're doing because yeah. it's just a mess. They just need to re- confront reality. That NDC pot for all of the dual contracts in Wales, they're paying, what, 60% of them, is two and a half million quid. Now, bearing in mind that Reese Webb is on five hundred thousand pounds a year or whatever yeah. at Toulon. Like yeah. ha- it's a nonsense. You might want to increase we... that you might want to increase that pot size a little bit, lads. It's a nonsense and we kicked the arse out of it last week. So let's uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's leave not, it there. Let's not go there again. But while we're on Alid Brew, can I just say what I learned from the weekend is regardless of what that analysis said last <laughs> week, no brew, no clue is an undeniable fact. It is. And, I mean, God, that try that he scored, what what was... Where was that Ali Brew for the first, you know, 13 years of his career? And that tackle he put in. Which yeah. then, about five minutes after that, Rocket Nguni put that tackle in that he did. And you're not telling yeah. me that that's not fucking hell. If Ali Brew can defend, so can I. <laughs> Definitely, he's inspirational. Also, was that Rocket Nguni thing a tackle not... A horrendous high tackle. I don't think it was. I, I think it's. I no. I think it was what you would call a rugby incident. The guy was about two foot off the floor, and he dived um, in, and his arm came. Now there's two edging look at it. His arm came under the armpit to punch the ball out, or he uppercutted him. I can see both <laughs> sides of the argument, but the fact is, I, I don't is that... think he was particularly bothered about which one of those he was doing. <laughs> I think. But if you can't probably... do a last, if you just got to, we said this last year when this came in. If yeah. the WRU, if the WRU, if the if World Rugby, it's not all the WRU, it's not all the WRU's <laughs> fault. I'm so locked into that. If if Rob Howley won't let people score, no. If um, if <laughs> you w- won't let people if score, World that's Rugby, the problem. If you can't tackle like that in that situation, in all honesty, no. that what World Rugby is saying is just stand there and let them score. That is because yeah, there's I, nothing I'm, else you can do. It's a nonsense. True. But twenty three nil, and also that point you made the other week about how. Blackadder's turning Bath into the Crusaders slowly. That was another mm. classic one where for most of that game you were like Treviso. They were shit. Well, going to win this Treviso, and yeah. they lost twenty-three nil yeah. because of Gandhi Aled Brew. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of that, that Brew tackle though, like the people's reactions to the Farrell tackle on Foden demonstrate how rapidly the game is changing in terms of what is a good tackle and what isn't and how confusing it is for fans and officials and everybody. Hmm. Like, 
I've seen, you know, a variety of people, all of whom make fine points, say it's a penalty, it's a clean tackle, <laughs> it's a yellow card, that's, it's a red card. That's a very and good it, point, isn't it? That every time you see these debates, every person, whichever position they adopt, you think that's a very good point. Even though yeah, they're arguing for three very different yeah. things, that's very true. He's got, he's got, he's got a fair point there. He's, he's also got a fair point, and him, <laughs> he's got a, another entirely opposing but fair point. I, I couldn't tell you. Like, at first glance, that Farrell tackle looked like a big, solid, good hit to me. But, but the legs went beyond the. Was, uh... was yeah. Then you see, oh, legs did go beyond horizontal, and he did tip him a little bit and he didn't really bring him to ground that safely he kind of dropped him a little bit and did he he landed on his back is that the upper body what's classed as the upper body it's a fucking mess and everything's I have, a mess you know I had a few rounds on Twitter last week about the whole elbow thing yes in the New Zealand game and actually Absurd. and people people tend to want to couch these two things I'm quite happy with the Farrell tackle I thought there was nothing wrong with it it was a good solid hit and he put him on his back at the end of the day if you don't end up on your back in a tackle where exactly are you fucking supposed to end up by the way um, <laughs> very good um, and people say oh well yeah but you are quite. But you were all over saying it should be a red card for the elbow so well one I wasn't saying that but two I said I, I didn't say it should be a red card but I could see why it would be it's that's completely different to running deliberately with your elbow up into somebody's head yeah you know that's not really part of the game Tackling how yeah. to put something on the back is. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and I, I can see literally, I can literally see every argument and I know, I, 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 no, I no longer know what I think about things. And that's kind of what all of this constant meddling with rules in rugby is, is driving me towards, I feel. Because like that, the thing, the contact law, the new contact law, I now know, have no idea what's going on in Iraq anymore. Because no, I mean it was only marginally. You know, let's be honest. All rugby fans only marginally knew what was going on anyway. Let's be quite True. honest about this. But there was some level of sense to it, whereas now it is a bit. Yeah, well, and the, the interpretations that, seem to be worse now than they were before. Yeah, because I don't think even the refs are entirely confident that, of the interpretation. That um, the Blayandal yeah. thing in the Munster Castro game. If that was not like I, uh, yeah, I. And uh, um, Robin Copeland at the end of the Munster game, I should say. Who like, did Munster play against? Uh, Cast. I think it was. God, they were shit, weren't they? But I had to get that Cast <laughs> joke in. <laughs> uh, we, have we got some dodgy coming up as well? No, I haven't got any dodgy coming up, no. Yeah. Anyway. Gomez, maybe. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> The, yeah, the first like, Gomez album was all right. Oh, that's controversial. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway yeah, the Robin, Cope, the Robin <laughs> Copeland knocking the ball out of the Castro scrum half thing at the end of that Munster cast game. Yeah. Like, they TMO'd that, and they said it was fine. But Robin Copeland clearly had his hand on a man who was clearly over the ball, doesn't need to be another man there, so he's part of the ruck. And so, yeah. Like if you're touching, if you've got your hand on a ruck, you're part of the ruck. That's what it used to mean, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I've given Surely. up. And also, there's I've loads of times now where any idea, and neither do they. And there's loads of times now where people are just tackling, not even letting go of the ball, standing up, and then ripping it off, and nobody's calling it. Yeah. Whereas actually, as soon as it hits the floor, now there's an offside line. Apparently. Yeah, it's a fucking mess. Apparently, it really reviewing is. this in December, because remember when we said 
oh, yes. you know, they just implement these things, and you're fucked now. They never change them. But yeah. they are going to review it in December, and Get I just thought some sense comes through. fucking rid of it immediately. <laughs> it didn't need to happen in the first place, and all you've just done is bollocked up the contact area and made it much easier to defend because you just spread out and nobody bothers to commit to a ruck anymore. It's just, oh, awful. It's one of the worst rules they've ever brought in for just sucking a lot of the fun out of the game. Yes. Um, other things I learned. Go on. For supposedly the best defensive fullback in the business. <laughs> Lee Offen, he hasn't got a fucking clue where to put his head in a tackle, has he? And for Jesus. being one of the best kickers, it looked like he had a flump for a foot. On uh, yes, that wasn't ideal either. But so how many times have we seen him do that exact thing? Line up a man perfectly and get his, his head and all of that completely wrong. And he's injured himself a few times doing that. And it's like... He can't tackle Lee his just, left shoulder, can he? No, Lee, learn where to put your head, mate. It's basic shit. Like, and you're going to really what, hurt yourself. That's another thing. Properly well, he hurt has really, He really hurt... Remember that um, game against Australia where Curtly Beale scored the breakaway try in the 81st minute or something to hmm. ruin my life? Um <laughs> Again, half penny, half penny attempted, and once again failed to make a tackle in basically the exact same circumstance because he got his head on the wrong side and really badly injured his neck. But it's neck odd that he's, perceived, he's perceived as a very good defender, isn't he? I think he's positionally he is. he's good, and he does tend to put people down most of the time, even if it's with his yeah. head. Well, I think if he's going, if he's attacking on the uh, his left, like you say, he doesn't know where he doesn't like tackling with his left shoulder, so he tries to get his oh. right shoulder in there, and it just absolutely ruins his his form entirely and usually he drops off the tackle and at worst he gets himself injured speaking oh. about side backs here's what I learned at the weekend that yes. Ashton looks just as stupid with the ball bouncing over his head oh, in France God, as, he does, as he does it, wasn't it? as he does <laughs> and on a related Johnny I love Johnny McNichol's little pirouette to take it off him though because it just <laughs> felt like such an unnecessary dick move it did. I'm sure it was necessary in his mind, but the fact that he just sort of was twirling as he did it, as he might as well have been flicking V's as he was going over the line. And the and during that game as well, what that go back to that injury, when he got injured, Stuart Barnes watched the replay about three times of that, that incident and went, oh, mm. Steph Evans has got his head the wrong side there, really hurt his head. Oh, Steph Evans, he's not done too well there. It's like, well, I can maybe understand, one, you're a professional, you shouldn't get them mixed up, but I suppose this does happen. <laughs> But Lee mm. wears a hat and Steph doesn't. That's not really that hard <laughs> to spot, is it? No, and he has got a telly right there. And, <laughs> and probably someone in his ear going... <laughs> yeah, and they've both got their numbers on their back and he's got a team sheet in front of him. So Yes, and all oh, of that. Also, in, in, in related news, I cannot fucking wait until Johnny McNichol becomes Welsh. Yes, you've made that point before, but you know it will all go yes, wrong in I'm some gonna, way. Once he I'm is Welsh, keep... it will start to go terribly. You know that, don't you? Yeah, or he'll just decide to play for Scotland or something. Here's you what, could blame him. Here's what I learned at the weekend. Do you know where we're, there's a massive ringing of hands about the fact that players are all basically getting killed within two weeks of the season started because there's yes. too many games, there's too many collisions, and everything's a nightmare. Uh -huh. And the only way that we can solve this is by having a 27-month season where they have to play against hippopotamuses or something. <laughs> well, basically, yes. it got me to thinking because I was thinking about the Champions League in football and what the European Cup used to be like. If we wanted to solve this problem, why don't we just have a straight knockout competition? Yeah. Then you wouldn't have to win, what is it, 14 games or something to win the European something Cup? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, the problem with that, though, is that, that you 
sit like most teams would only play like a couple of games in the Europe and they would get less revenue. And oh, yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. I could see all the problems with it. I'm just saying, do you know what I mean? Why don't, I saying, there's not you know, enough, there's not know, enough football jeopardy football. in sport these days. Now that yeah. now that people aren't getting the, you know, aren't getting straight the straight knock up. I'm, I'm or like things like, for example, whatever the fuck they call the um, the EDF Energy Cup these days. Why the fuck that isn't just straight knockout? I've got no idea because no one gives a fuck about it anyway. Mm. So why not just and like the British and Irish Cup? Why isn't that just a straight knockout? Like. But imagine these two but draws yeah. of the weekend if they had to play till somebody won. Yeah. But I'm and not, imagine, you know, you know. I, I like the European Cup. I'm not being that guy. I'm just saying it's interesting that yeah. people are very concerned about player welfare unless it means they may have to take a cut in money. Yeah, and then instantly everyone on all sides gets a little bit uppity. <laughs> and I'm not saying that one side is right or one side isn't. I'm just saying that just nobody saying really wants... Nobody really wants to compromise here, do they? The players don't really want to have any less money, but they want to play less games. The owners want to make more money, but they want to make out like they're not. They give a shit about player welfare, and everyone's broke. So, yeah. Figure that one out. I come back to my point last week, and I feel like I'm going to be doing this a lot this season. (laughs) Rugby is a is just careering towards a precipice of shit. Um, anyway. You don't have to get things... some bright news on this pod, don't you, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. Um, other things I learned this week. Um, if Welsh regions could play for, like, just the last 40 or 50 minutes of European games, we'd win the whole fucking thing. To be fair, yeah, the Scar- Scarlets, that was yeah. remarkable. And yeah. they didn't win. And- but it was remarkable because they looked like they were going to get absolutely rear-ended. Well, equally, the Ospreys, first 15, 20 minutes of that game, they looked like they were going to get dicked. They conceded two incredibly soft tries. They looked an absolute shambles and somehow managed to be within a point with 79 minutes gone hmm. and scored three really, like two really good tries which they haven't done at all this season. Even the Blues. The Blues were like struggling against um, Leon in the first half and then absolutely cut loose in the second. It's, I, I mean, they, all of them, just like in the case of the Ospreys and the Scarlets, they just need to stop giving themselves these massive mountains to climb because like stirring an impressive but ultimately vain fight back so all well and good, but like maybe don't put yourself in the hole in the first place. Yeah. It was what's the what's the biggest thing you look back on and think, I wish I'd not spent the money on that? Oh. Let oh, me start with mine while you're having a think, right? Mine is either yeah. the Ford Fiesta I bought for seven hundred quid when I was twenty one and yeah. it failed its MOT so catastrophically two months later that the mechanic <laughs> was genuinely mystified as to how I was still alive, having been driving <laughs> around in it. It was either that or the Vax window vacuum I bought the other week, only to get it home and realise that the squeegee was too wide for the panes in my sash windows. Now, that that's a fucking middle-class problem for you right there, by the way. incredibly middle-class problem. Um, I would say probably tickets to Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Ooh, that's a good shout. Um, that is a waste, yeah. Yeah, that was a, a lot of waste of money, big style. Well... Um, yeah. None of those well, but, things, even if you add them all together, are as much mm. of a waste of money as Willie LaRue is. 
He occasionally looks quite good, though. Oh, does he? Like, yeah, but not good enough. He has been an absolute. He's not been very good for the last couple of years. Let's not beat around the bush here. And he's. What's he doing at Wasps? Wasps is emotionally like (laughs) emotionally. What are you doing in Coventry, Willie? Honestly, what are you trying to work through here? I know it's an absolute shit tip. Like, (laughs) is it just making? Like, have you not moved to Leamington Spa? Is that the problem, or Warwick? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe because he was unfamiliar with the area, he literally moved to Coventry. And he like lives on Walsgrave Road or something. I'd like to make a joke about some crap place in Birmingham, but I don't know the area well enough. <laughs> so no, yeah, well, I I lived in Coventry for a year. Oh, I, I forgot bet. that. Yeah, is, you is, did. Is William Rue living in in Hillfields? Is that the problem? Because is I that what it is? Coventry gun... people out there, there are Coventry yeah, listeners out there. The Coventry listeners, they're fucking loving that. Yeah. Creased. Oh, they're loving. Yeah, quality, about. quality on the bus quality now. Humor. You don't get enough Coventry humour in your lives, I'll bet. <laughs> As, does Willie Roo spend all his time going round and round the ring road because he doesn't understand how to get off it, and that's really impacting on his training time? Because he doesn't understand how the robots work, because that's what they call traffic lights in South Africa, isn't it? A <laughs> is ro- yeah, I've got a South African sister-in-law that's, that's who's very lovely, but she's yeah, she calls it a robot. That's incredible. Yeah, um, I, that's that's one of the most charming things I've ever heard. I'm delighted <laughs> by that. <laughs> yeah, unless she's just winding yeah. me up and taking a piss, she could be doing that. Well, oh, possibly, yeah. Well, that's what um, I learned as we move on. I learned that, speaking of South Africa, super sports mm. in South Africa really don't know what players look like. Have you seen this? No. Jack oh, Berger posted, and it was posted by Martin North to us, mm. who said, uh, and it's it's the Saracens team, and it's the Saracens forwards. Number six, Marowitoji, but the face <laughs> is the face of Courtney Laws. <laughs> Oh, that is, oh, and then it gets even better in its randomness. Mess. Okay, so they've done that for now. That's obviously got the whole questionable, you know, thing with that. Yeah, but it's not especially that. for a South African yeah, TV station to do that. That's very unfortunate on a whole variety of levels. But it's not that. It's also the fact that um, then in the backs they've got Nick Abendanen's picture for Liam Williams. As the winger, mm, that's brilliant. That's but they've got Ben Foden as Chris Wiles. I'm assuming it's a receding hairline that that makes them think that he might be. Oh, I'm looking at this now. It's great. <laughs> oh, that's. Brilliant. And who is that that they're saying is Andy Good at fullback? <laughs> I've got Alex no Good, idea. sorry. I can't. He it's a bit like, blurry, and I can't see who it is. It, yeah, it sort of looks like if Ali Ali Brew grew a massive beard <laughs> and does. some hair. But it's because it's quite blurred, but it's definitely Ben Foden, it's definitely Nick Abendanen as Liam Williams, and I don't know who Alex Goode is, but it's definitely not Alex Goode, that much I do know. I tell you what, though, that layout, that kind of looks like the Sky graphic, so I wonder if Supersport well, used Sky's graphics, and if so, did Sky do this? Possibly, I didn't see the beginning of the game, so, yeah. but it's on Supersport, isn't it? So, bizarre. It's, How can you get God, that, that so not- wrong? So, and not just what like getting one oh Callum Clark's wrong <laughs> Callum Clark's wrong I've just noticed I mean, Callum Clark is wrong you mean his but, yeah he's wrong, wrong full well. stop but his picture's yeah. wrong as well he's double wrong turbo oh, wrong yeah, he's, wrong square I don't even know who that is he looks like he's in a wasp shirt I don't know honestly I know a bit about That's... rugby I don't know who these people are yeah who are all these people that's so weird 
I mean, Weird. Jamie George just looks delighted. As he Nick, always does. Nick uh, looks like he's got the flattest head I've ever seen. And also oh, someone's shining a bright light into his face. Speaking of Saracens, they don't have saved their best for Europe, do they? I learned that oh, much. Holy shit. It's almost like they've sort of like said, right, we've let everybody fuck around long enough for now. We've given <laughs> yeah, a bit of right. hope to everybody. Let's just crack on, shall we? Yes. Liam, commence smashing their faces in, please. Kevin um, Sorrell is on the coaching team there. And it made me remember. Do you remember back in when Andy Farrell was on the playing staff. They mm. had four people who all had Rel at the end of their names. I don't know why. This isn't even that interesting. It just made me remember. <laughs> they had Barrel, Farrell, Sorrell, and one other. I can't remember all in the same team I at that time. Remember, yeah. They always made me, Donald Barrel, Andy Farrell, Kevin Sorrell. We're all going to market. <laughs> it sounds like a nursery rhyme. I know. It, it? Does, it sounds like a nursery rhyme or some sort of like mnemonic way of remembering it. <laughs> <laughs> Barrel, Farrell, yeah. Sorrel, 30 days has November. Something like that. <laughs> um, yes. But I, Saracens fans out there, was there a fourth one with the Barrel, yes. <laughs> the, the bar, the Barrel Farrell, Sorrel thing? True. Or was, was, yeah. the, was it just those three? I can't remember. Where were um, we up to? Come on, have you got anything else? I don't know. Uh, I've learned that um, Nemani Dodolo needs to stop wearing a scrum cap because it's really confusing to me. Because, as I said, I was watching this game in an Irish bar in Valencia, so there was no commentary. And I kept saying to myself, why is this lumbering second row hanging out on the wing? Like, Ooh, that prop could shift. <laughs> yeah. And, then all of a sudden, oh, fuck. and when he scored, I was like, oh, fuck us, no money. No, no. All right. I mean, yeah, because I, I, it's a new development for him. It does, it sort of, I don't know, I like being able to see his shiny bald head. As he's sort of careering down to There's the old twenty-two trial. stone of him barrels along. Fucking hell, he does. He still barrels along though, doesn't he? Jesus. As Bill McLaren would say, like a runaway milk lorry, like a runaway milk float. Yeah, he took some stoppy on Saturday, and uh, they were not stopping him. Well, they were, and then they weren't. Then they weren't. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, well, while we're on France, can I just say? I'll just make a point that it has to be said that. Racing 92 must be the most unglamorous, glamorous club you've ever seen in your life. Their ground looks like Sardis Road. It's terrible. And nothing against Sardis Road. I love Sardis Road, but it's not very glamorous. Yeah, everything against Sardis Road. And, uh, (laughs) yeah. But no, it's weird, isn't it? Aren't they moving into that new arena next year? They want to move somewhere. But yeah, they'll still only have 37 people watching, no matter where they go. It's bizarre. Maybe they're thinking that, you know, oh, the U Arena, it's now called. The U uh, yeah. Arena? Going to have 32,000 capacity. Why? They're opening. <laughs> Are they planning on doing something else there? Uh, yes, for 40,000 for concerts. I've got to obviously. say, it's not for the rugby, is it? The International oh. Bull Competition. <laughs> it says that the, the, a movable stand will allow it to be used for indoor sports with a capacity as low as 5,000. I feel like they could probably do that, that with the rugby as well. That's a stretch, isn't it, really? That's yeah. a stretch. Yeah, anyway, have we learned anything else or have, we do, uh, have you got anything else there? Uh, one more thing that I've learned, actually, uh, speaking of France, La Rochelle, bags of fun. Um, but I don't really know what's going on with Quinns. No, apart from Marcus Smith looking impressive again. Yes, but yeah, very impressive. Quinns are just, I can't, under, you know, Quinns have been like this for about three years. You know, when you go to write a season preview and you look at Quinns yeah. and you go, I've really got no fucking idea what to say here. I'm a fairly creative bloke, you know. But that's kind of, they're like a te- they're like a team preserved in like incredibly mediocre amber. <laughs> like I, the lad I was on on the stag with on 
on the weekend is a quid in the season ticket holder. And he was just basically like... Did he have oh. a barber jacket on? Um, I'm sure that he... Uh, he does work in the city. Hello, Middy. <laughs> um, and, but, uh, yeah, he he was just like, I I don't understand why they did what they did three years ago or, like, two years ago. Because, like, Conor O'Shea, it was clearly not working out. Like, oh. they weren't doing that well. They weren't doing that badly, but they'd clearly fallen... Given the amount of money that they've got and the amount of good players that they've got, they should be a lot better than they are. Mm. And yet, they kind of were quite, for aside from that one premiership win, they've been very average under Conor O'Shea. And then they he went and their decision, instead of like, let's have fresh ideas, let's do something different, let's kick things up a gear, they go for Big John Kingston instead, who's part of the team already. And like, if he, like, as as the lad quite rightly pointed out, don't you think if he had any good ideas, they would have actually used them already? Yeah, it is. So funny like, that, isn't it? what's what are they doing? And it's yeah, it's just kind of it's purgatory for them, isn't it? They're just sitting there doing the same thing with the same group of players with the same idea every season, and it just they've just gone so stale, and it's getting worse by the season, and it's not really good. A uh, couple of things finally for me. One, it's definitely the shirts with Northampton. Now, I know it was a different shirt this time, but it had luminous <laughs> things on it. Anything that's <laughs> yeah. luminous leads to terrible performance. Fair enough. And uh, as ARG King, J- King J- Jacob the Fourth on Twitter got in touch at Blood and Mud and he said... Shit Royalty, is- wow. Wow, yeah. Saints clawing their way back to form and confidence only to have it crushed by a Saracen's <laughs> juggernaut even worse than before. <laughs> We've all been there, mate. Don't yeah. don't beat yourself up, you know. They're... Don't worry. This 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 confidence boosting Ospreys loss from this week is going to seem like a blissful memory compared to the absolute prison shaming that is going to occur at uh, the Allianz Park for the Ospreys next weekend. So a lot of people are making a big thing about we should learn something that Krasniar have beaten Stad Francais. One, no, you shouldn't. One, they had to travel to Siberia. Two, it's the you know France French teams don't give a flying fuck about going ten miles down the road to play away. That's exactly. how little they care. Go into Siberia Esprit, to play away. Yeah. Esprit de Clocher or whatever it is certainly does not apply when you've gone all the way to bloody Siberia. Esprit like, de Clocher? What's that spirit of them uh, things you put over a plate to keep food warm? Uh, the bells. Basically, it's the notion <laughs> uh, that French teams uh, only perform when they're within the sound of the church bells of whatever town they're in. Acast recommends... Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Now we've done the weekend, can we get on to the real fucking proper news? Yeah, let's get enough. We've wasted too much time. We've wasted too much time on this already. It's fucking happened. It is on. (laughs) It is the fuck on. The Cuthbert Police on Cup has, as Adam Baldwin pointed out on Twitter, 
it now has a growing global footprint. Oh, yes. We are in the top 14 where I feel like we should belong. I'm going to have to add, like, I'm going to have to add Oyanar onto my list of, like, teams on the Ultimate Rugby app that I get <laughs> so, all of the... So I have notifications about. Yeah. Oh, Just to box off the Connacht thing, Connacht held it for 31 days and three matches. Yeah. Which is quite a long time. That's got to put them relatively... I'm conscious, Joss. I, sh- I said before, there may be some people who are relatively new to the pod. <laughs> Probably not, but there might be. So let me try and explain yeah, that's why no, we're getting so e- <laughs> we're getting so excited. <laughs> this all started... I'm going to be very quick. This all started when Treviso hadn't... About, what, two years ago? It was two years ago in January. So 18 months ago, call yeah. it. But 18 months ago, Treviso hadn't won a game for the best part of a year. So we started hashtag, hashtag Treviso shitwatch to see how long their yes. losing streak would last. About a month later, they managed to win, which was a bit disappointing. Mm. So then yeah, you, Josh, came up with a grand yeah. idea of having a kind of Ram Fury shield. It, whoever, so whoever beat Treviso, whoever Treviso yes. beat, then got this pretend trophy. We called it the Shitwatch yes. Cup. Yes. And it's been passed around like that ever since. Then we caught, we asked for yes. a reader to come up with a name, a reader, a listener, to come up with a name for it, and they suggested the Cuthbert Police on Cup. To give it, you know, the true moniker it deserves, basically <laughs> yeah, in terms the, of the, uh, the mediocrity, the gravitas of, of yeah. two terrible. One of whom is going back to Stade Francais. Young Jules was uh, six hundred really... euros a year. Yeah, think about that one. Mm. Is that, you talk about the escalating salaries. Imagine if you lived in a world over here without a salary cap, where Jules Plisson got six hundred thousand pounds a year. It's mad, isn't it? I don't want to live I mean, in if that you world. Had six, initially, when you initially said it there, you said six hundred pounds a year, which is about what Jules Police on deserves yeah. to earn. That I could get behind on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, he was cold. But, uh, but it's, yeah, fair. yeah. So that's how we've got here. It's been passed around and passed mm. around and passed, around, and it's been stuck in the Pro 14 for its entire life until with now, with the exception of one week oh, no, when yeah. Bath had it. He went to Bath for a week, then he gave it straight back yeah. to Cardiff. Sorry, you're yeah. right. Selfish bastards. Selfish bastards. But now, for the first time. We are in the top 14, and we will stay in the top 14 for quite some time because the next Challenge Cup game that Oi and I have got is against Breve, who are also a bit of shit. And then we're just in top 14 all the way through to, like, whenever, Christmas, I guess. Brilliant. Or I or mean, too long could end up know, with I it. I don't care. Too yeah. long could end up with it. And then it'll be back in Europe, and who knows where the fuck it's going to end up. I can't wait. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the slightly exciting thing. If it sort of goes to a good team in a fluke moment, it could literally go anywhere. Let's not forget that, like, Murad Bujala, like, he occasionally organises those ridiculous, like, north-south tournaments. Like, they could go to Super Rugby. Would they, they, be, classed, uh, would they be classed as canon? Or they be well, it's, a competitive, it's a competitive fixture, isn't it? Because we don't you know, count pre-season, really. We don't count pre-season. No, but they're, they're playing for a trophy. It's a competitive fixture. I'd count it just because it would excite me so, more than anything else. So, so, ladies and gentlemen, who stuck with us for so long while it's oh, bounced around the, the, the bean can of the Pro 14. Yes. And can we just the say lid is well and truly to... off, by the way. Yeah, can we just say congratulations to Munster and Scarlets for being the only teams in the Pro 12 <laughs> never to have... Uh, Pro 14... Well, Pro 12, actually, to have never held it during a near two-year bounce around the fucking league. You managed to not be as shit as everybody else. Well done, well in terms done. of this. Well done, indeed. So that's so, yeah. Cup. Cool. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll be, fucking, we be, we sometimes you're, leave you're it week to week now. We won't be leaving it now. So all you know are yeah, playing who? Breathe next. All you know, shit watch. Is on. Hashtag all you know, shit watch is on. As ever, 
if you want to follow uh, at the uh, CP Cup on Twitter, that's where you can find all of your shitwatch slash piece on cup news hot off the press. In case <laughs> when the I press can it. be bothered to be turned on. Yeah, in, yes. case, in case I forget it or we forget the login <laughs> of that Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Which I have done, so I've not been able to update yes, it. So it's all just. As have I, and it's on my phone, and that, I, I don't know what the password is. So. It, <laughs> God knows what happens if you use my phone. Or a new um, version gets installed, yeah. Or a new version gets installed, indeed. So, uh, yeah, enjoy it while you can. But in the meantime, yeah, at the CP Cup on Twitter, I was there. I was sat on a lovely, you know, looking over the beach in Valencia, enjoying a very tasty beer with the 24-degree heat and a nice breeze just blowing in. And there I was, refreshing my phone, <laughs> following... <laughs> That is live as the off weed is a pet tune said, that's living <laughs> alright. Oh yes. Oh yeah. And uh yes, I was delighted. Right then, shall we go have a look at another great rugby argument from times gone yes, by? Let's do that. Now I call this one Luke Watson mm. versus everyone in South Africa and Adidas. Oh, okay. Do you remember Luke Watson? I do remember Luke Watson. Flanker Luke Watson, son. Of father, uh, son of his father was Cheeky Watson, who Which is a great, great name. name, and also uh, to add to his lustre, he was a famous anti-apartheid campaign, campaign. He was, yes. But even Cheeky didn't stir up as much controversy as Luke did, and Cheeky was fighting the good fight for reasons you probably would want to fight for, whereas Luke didn't seem wanted. Mm. Watson was first not selected by the box in 2006, despite some recent mm. showings in the Super 14 of that year. Many felt that non-selection was due to his personal issue between the flanker and the then-coach Jake White, but White denied this, saying that it was basically because he thought Watson was a bit shit at rugby. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but that's yeah, kind of what he said. You know. Watson was finally selected in 2007 after much political meddling by the board to play against Samoa and put in, and, in, and let's go, he put in average performance against Samoa in 2007. And you won't remember this, listeners, but he did. Watson, however had seriously seen his arse, decided to vent to Sports <laughs> Illustrated that White lacked integrity and not content, content with... I mean, you know, that's hard to believe, isn't it, that Jay White lacks integrity? No. Oh. Not content with rubbishing the coach in print, he also <laughs> set out set about Captain John Smith as, Smith as well, questioning his leadership credentials and stating that the Springboks had lost their pride and passion. Jesus. He didn't confine his arguments to the national stage either. Following a substitution for the game against the Stormers, he refused to turn up for a press conference with the coach and in 2008 was stripped of the captaincy of the province after the players had apparently lost confidence in his leadership skills. Jesus. Amazingly, amazingly, Watson also managed to anger his sponsor Adidas by being filmed in training wearing Nike boots. (laughs) Fuck's sake. (laughs) Seriously, Luke. Yeah, this, unlike everything else in his life, was actually sorted out internally. But perhaps his greatest controversy occurred in the past few months, in the past few months of that year, mm. with his speech to the Umboba, Umbumbo, sorry, Ubumbo Rugby Festival in Cape Town. Among other things, he was reported as to have said that wearing a South African jersey is a burden and that I struggle to keep myself from vomiting on it. <laughs> Oh. And also that the South African Rugby Union is rotten to the core and run by Dutchmen. Which, if you don't know this African thing, Dutchmen are, are the kind of, obviously people who Africanas. extraction Afrikaners, yeah. yeah. Cheeky claims that his son has been misquoted out of context. <laughs> How'd you get that quoted out of context, by the way? God. Um, so basically, he was... 
stopped from the autumn matches in Europe because he refused to get on the because basically the, the touring squad that autumn then wouldn't get on the coat on the plane with him when he was in the Springbok squad. Yeah. God I I sort of vaguely remember all this happening at the time. Just as a, a sort of thing about Luke Watson's rugby career, his Wikipedia page, hmm. the section controversies, is substantially longer than any of the bits about his rugby. Which... I kind of love him. I do really love him because he just I, doesn't give a I, shit, I'm does he? So... Well, he's a, like he's a, a bit of a like like I've got real sympathy for him, but I can't help but think that I think he's prof- like. A very principled person, but also at the same time, he's a bit of a kind of like teacher's son kind of thing going on, you know. Because like Cheeky Watson did loads of stuff playing like integrated mixed rugby teams yeah. and stuff in South Africa, which is part was a big part of his work of anti-apartheid stuff, which is obviously brilliant and very. But it does feel like he was a bit of a kind of helicopter dad, overbearing dad kind of. And the thing that sort of, like, yeah, it's like he obviously had these things that he felt very strongly about, and but I'm not sure that he ever, like, he really got his point across in the right way. <laughs> you ever. could say that, yeah. And, and he kind of just was, he didn't have any tact, like there were ways and means in which he could have sort of, because obviously, he, you know, entirely laudable goals of wanting to see a more integrated, more like progressive South African rugby union, all of this stuff. But the mm. way that he did it made him sort of come off looking like a bit of a fucking brat. And an I mean, nothing says times. principles like wearing night boots when you're sponsored by Adidas. That's the biggest uh, yeah, principle I mean, stand that, that you can take. Disgrace, absolute disgrace. <laughs> but then, of course, he so went like, to Bath, didn't he? But that was the, that's the thing. Like, because t- when you took him out of that environment, where obviously, like, he's, you know, he was famous before he even put on a rugby shirt in South Africa yeah. because he was cheeky Legacy Watson's son. and all that, yeah. And that is a huge problem. You know, it's the it's the Geordie Cruyff problem, really, isn't it? <laughs> what, he was shit at you football? Know. Is that the problem? Well, yeah, but and that's, you know, he didn't want to have the Cruyff on the back of his shirt yeah. because nobody wants to deal with that legacy. And obviously, you know, his dad isn't, I mean, Johan Cruyff, but, like, yeah, his but, dad yeah. is, a, is, a, is a big figure in, in anti-apartheid stuff and in South African, you know, sporting, on the South African sporting landscape. And there's, yeah, it's just like, where do you, So you went, how do you deal, how do you be a professional player and deal with all of that expectation, all of that baggage? And then when he went to Bath, all of a sudden he is out of uh, all of this, you know, constantly feeling like he has to sort of bang the drum for all of these sort of things that he rightly believes in. And he just got on with being a rugby player, and he was brilliant for Bath. I remember him being brilliant for Bath. Oh. I think they made him captain as well. And we did two years at Bath, and he went back to South Africa in 2010. He went back to the mm. uh, to bring it full circle to the Pro 14. Now he went back to the Kings or the Eastern Province. Yeah, Kings, well, the King. It? He went back to the Kings basically to be captain there, and to, I think he just Kings missed were, having massive public slanging matches. He found it all a bit too <laughs> sedate over well, here. I, I believe his dad was president of Eastern Province Rugby Union. And so, and when they started the Kings, basically, he was like, right, my son is coming in and he's going to be captain of this new team that we've created that's going to play in Super Rugby. And, 
Yeah, that's a problem. He, he may have been quoted as saying, while I've enjoyed my time at the wreck, the English is just too da- tam- damn polite to ful- fulfil that part of my <laughs> life where I need to have a massive row with people. Yeah, maybe. I've I mean, tried just... time and again to irritate the bad sponsors, but they just seem to <laughs> just, won't let, just won't have it. Yeah, so I'm yeah, off back to the Africa. Dyson really like it. I'll help hire as it was at the time. Just cause <laughs> they, just, they just don't seem to be allowing me to really <laughs> nag on aggregate. Yeah. If, yeah. I, if I go back to South Africa, just if I just gently cough <laughs> in a press conference, it's greeted with howls of outrage. So that's kind yeah, of what they I want to th- They say I'm trying to throw up on a springbok or something. <laughs> I love that. That is brilliant, though. The shirt makes you want to throw up on it, and it's rotten to the core. Wouldn't you love to have like a a leading international to stand up in a well? Go back to WIU. Wouldn't it be brilliant if somebody stood up? If Reese Webb stood up now and said, "This is rotten to the core," I feel like throwing up on the shirt. Shirt makes me want to throw up on it. But that's you know all of the things that he said like that. You understand? You understand where he's coming from? But he's saying things in a totally tactless way (laughs) that. But there's just yeah, not enough I, of this anymore, is there? We no, all we all want to see a bit more of that, I think. I think I think you know, I know it was only like two thousand and six, seven you know, six, seven through to about two thousand and eleven, but can you imagine if social media had existed when like, Yeah, it wasn't the way quite a thing now? then, was it? Can you imagine Fucking can you imagine hell, can you imagine the pylon that would have been on social media? It would have been insane. Uh, which so is another go. reason why Twitter is awful. Um, Great rugby arguments again, then, gentlemen. Luke Watson yes. versus South Africa, Adidas, and probably anybody who comes in is a public anywhere near yes. his space, really, for yeah, a period basically. of time. Shall we do shit good to finish this off? I think we probably should, shouldn't we? What do I do first? Uh, let's do shit because I haven't got many of those. So I haven't got I've got ones on Twitter for shit. I've been a bit slow on the shit uptake Fair this enough. week. Do you want to? <laughs> it's not like it's not like not us, is it? Like no, you at all? A bit too, bu- yeah, a bit too um, bouncy. It's because I've had cast on. That's that's yeah. absorbed all my shit. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Shit for me. Uh, ben Foden's top knot. <laughs> all the tip tackles in the world aren't enough to like. <laughs> you deserve yeah. it. It's a court also martial shit. offense alone. Yeah. Also, shit house. Uh, Tamana Harrison. Yeah, he did pile in there, didn't he? Yeah, like nowhere near it, and he was being quite nasty there. Um. Although they're now saying that Farrell might have elbowed, elbowed him in the head, but I don't think. He oh does. God! Everybody's elbowing every fucker. <laughs> every basically every time people square up to each other now, people are seeing fucking elbows to the face and yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah, that was quite shit. What have I got? Shit from her Twitter. Um, Andy got in touch on Twitter and said that shit literally was whoever went to Pontypool Park before the game on Saturday and actually shat in the stand. <laughs> it was a human shit in the stand at Pontypool Park. Insert Jesus. your own joke, non-Pontypool fans, but seriously, yes. that is. there was even a photo of it. It was so yes. making, literally it shit. Was, it's, I mean, yeah, it's Pontypool, isn't it? There are animals down there. Who knows what but, Ben Jeffries will say about this? I can guess exactly what he's going to say <laughs> about it. He'll, he'll have a whinge on Twitter again, I'm guessing, oh. and get all haughty. Um, yeah. Don't do that. Don't shit in a rugby... Like, I mean, I think he said that this was the reason why they really need to close off and put some fences up around the ground. But to be honest with you, I'd, I'd agree with him on that. I think that's pretty compelling evidence. Yeah, I played... When uh, someone does a poo... I played at Blind Avon once, and they had all Oof. cages around their little stand that they had there. Blind Avon is a bit like playing on sort of like a different... Like a cross between the moon and sort of the last <laughs> frontier. It's really quite Yeah, but that was a strange place. It's got a nice, you know, nice museum, though. 
Yeah, the big pits there, isn't it? But yeah, yeah super but I think that was mostly because of needles. They had to lock it up because I think a lot of... Uh, uh, yeah. Well, would you rather have shit or needles, Ben? Do get back to... Would you rather... That. Or would you rather shit needles? Think about that. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, that went off on one, yes. didn't it? I do apologise. Yeah, Any did. more shit from uh, you that's not yes. anything to do with actual shit? Uh, Matthew Carley in the Monster Cast game. Mm, he's a bit of a shambles. He's not, he? he's not big on the big calls, Matthew, is he? No, he basically just wanted, like, decided Monster were going to have a draw. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he has got yeah, an Irish they, name. Let's start that now. Well, Let's start that well. going. <laughs> uh, no, it was just very odd. They were some, was it like, some of those decisions that he made near the end of the game in the second half were just very strange and very confusing and. It's a, hard, it's a fucking hard job being a ref, I know, but he had a bit of a stinker. Speaking of being a ref, Toby Baker got in touch and said, shit, well, ref-related stuff. Toby Baker got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud and he said, shit, was Francois Lowe putting his hands on someone's eyes? I mean, really, oh. there really is no need to put your hands in somebody's face, ever. No, not really. It's really not that difficult to not do, is And it? yet, it happens alarmingly It's almost like it's on purpose. Time. But you're supposed to understand because these people play on the end, on the edge, you see. Yeah. Which is just such mm. bollocks. Uh, shit for me is the Six Nations. Is it already? Oh, God. Uh, yes, because, namely, the Six Nations pulled, or they, they ended the RBS sponsorship deal. Oh, yes, I have read a this. A year yeah. early um, because they were giving it the big one. And said, that, oh, you know, we can make way more money than what you want to renew with us with. Um, and then when no other fucker was actually interested in sponsoring them, they have to go back cap in hand to RBS and say, please sponsor us again. <laughs> and they've now lost five million quid from what the RBS offer originally was. So well done, everyone. Brilliant move. Um, it's, it's You know, rugby's rolling in cash, so it's not like the unions could have done with an extra five million quid. So don't worry about it. It's like, it's, it's brilliant. Fine. Top draw stuff. Yeah, I imagine, you know, I get the impression the RBS Six Nations guys have such a ball. They're a bit like White Goodman in um, in Dodgeball, <laughs> where he, the way he yeah. tries to like give it the big talk and keeps ballsing it up. You yeah. Know, how convenient for you that. and the clock sort of thing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, I'm on the clock here, so it's, it's two million pound or you can bugger off. How convenient <laughs> for you. And the clock. Yeah. yeah, I just said that. I know you just said that. <laughs> yeah, and also thanks Brexit as well, because they're blaming it on Brexit. That, and hang on, how is this Brexit's fault? I'm sorry, I, I um, can hold it people, responsible for many things. Yes, honestly, apparently I'm people, confused people, with this uh, People don't want to sponsor something that features three British things because of the uncertainty about Brexit and what the they, people won't play rugby after I Brexit. I think they're basically like they went to a load of British companies and they were like, "Yeah, oh, we yeah. win." We're tying it out. The only, the only the only people that rugby know how to try and appeal to in terms of trying to get sponsorship deals are big financial companies, because <laughs> yeah. uh, that's apparently literally the only thing that yeah. anybody involved in rugby has in their fucking Rolodex. Yeah. So, um, and I think they were just not very keen on. Spunking a load of money on sponsoring the Six Nations when they're all about to have to move to Dublin or Amsterdam or Paris. So, you know what's yeah. coming? It's going to be the Greg's Six Nations Championship or something. I'll see it. That'd be fitting, though, wouldn't it? That'd be brilliant. Absolutely. And they're going to rename Twickenham the fucking 
Barber Dome or whatever. So the Wonga Dome, like Newcastle. <laughs> um, right, yeah. So that was shit. What else have we got? For shit on Twitter here. Oh, Dave Garrick. I didn't. I didn't see this, Dave. I'll be honest. But shit, he's saying Haskell flopping about like a fish when caught on the wrong side of the rock to convince the ref he wasn't interfering. I haven't seen this. But apparently he gave it the full ground shagging underneath the rock and everything and looked a bit ridiculous. God. So I haven't uh, seen that, I'm afraid. See so that I can't say anything. So. Thanks for telling me, but I haven't seen it. I can't wait till somebody sends you 7 million videos <laughs> yes, for that. thank you. I'm sure I'm going to get it. Thanks very much. Yeah. Oh, He's oh, also, yes. somebody sent me videos been doing something with the JCB. He's obviously got a deal with the JCB. I've not watched that either. <laughs> Just to make it clear to everybody, that I don't watch this stuff to wind myself up. I haven't watched them. No, you, you know, don't He's going to have a massive media career when it's over. I have, I've, I'm, I've, I've, Accepted that. <laughs> I'm getting used to the idea. You know, let's just you, leave me. Have peace. you resigned yourself to the fact that he's going to be on the Six Nations every single year? Yeah, with that massive. Once he retires. What a what a depressing thought. Let's be to enjoy rugby while we just have let's to look it. at Austin Healy. <laughs> and not the massive, you know, free cost in Healy that was suggested at the beginning. Right, <laughs> yeah, what have no, we got that's good? Tiny chopsy one. Um, good. Liam Williams. Woof. Yes. Both of those tries, woof. Yeah, Reese not agreed with you on that. I'm going for Liam Williams, yes. Fair enough. Yeah, and also um, that line that he hit that set up the other try was also woof. He is. Um, um, we've mentioned this before and so have lots of other people, but it's that thing, is it because he's so talented or is it because he wasn't really actually coached until he was about 20? <laughs> I do wonder if it's a little of column A and a little of column B, yeah. but whatever it is, it is a joy. Like the fact that he scored on both wings doing basically the same thing, i.e., taking the ball out wide, a ridiculous step, and then a really nice finish. That's quite impressive. But of course, it could have been Nick Abendanen doing it, so it's all <laughs> very <have> confusing. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit short, Nick Abendanen, so he's I don't think he'd have made that second yeah. try, but. Uh, yeah, no, the people say he's not as good at the wing as he is a fullback, but he didn't look bad with 14 on his back on Sunday, did he? If he's allowed to, so, he, I think he looks he looks good he's anywhere allowed, he's allowed some freedom. And if you can let him do that, because yeah, you, you can exactly. tailor your attack to say, well, actually, whatever number you've got on your back, you could, you're you the one that gets freedom and everybody covers for that. That can be done. But that's what, you know, that's what they make, that, why Chris Ashton was so good in a Saracen shirt, because they basically yeah. gave him freedom to go and, and run, run those lines and run those off the shoulder runs, lines, yeah. And now Liam Williams has finally clicked after about a month of getting his, you know, feet under the desk. Not that there's a desk, but you know, oh. um, that he can do that. And this it could be quite a scary prospect for everybody else. I think. What have I got as good? Uh, Robbie Henshaw, famous referee baiting gobshite Robbie Henshaw. Uh, yeah. But anyway, That's him. My friends. Yeah, him stopping Nadolo after being bumped. So Nadola come fly. You've all seen this, but Nadola come flying through, bumped him on his ass, and as he, it was amazingly athletic. Actually, as Henshaw was going down, he basically then span and managed to do a tackle around the ankles. Yeah, kind of. I mean, he pirouetted on the bit... floor on his on his on his haunches and then went back at him. It was amazing, and then it's stood basically... up and managed to rip the ball off him. Say what you like about Robbie Henshaw. He is an absolute physical specimen. And I mean Nadolo is a is a is a big old man, but it's the way that he sort of tried to do the tackle and then sort of did this weird like arm movement thing that I liked. <laughs> yeah. As if he was sort of falling over yeah. like oh, a cartoon. Oh, 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 yeah. But some <laughs> then 
somehow managed to turn that into a positive play. I was amazed by that. It's incredible. Then, like, go over it. One. Yeah. I, I, also, was that illegal what he did? What, the which the, bit? The clear out. I think where so. Where he won the turnover because <laughs> yeah. that was clear. Well, to go new back rules, to the original point, that, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> new rules. That's a rock formed. Yeah, offside line. You came, shouldn't be doing that. He came, yeah, he came straight in at the side, over the top, and yeah, we've done this before. Do you really want to rob the game of that? That was one of the best things Fuck that happened no. this weekend. Fuck no, but they're trying to rob the game of that, and that's the thing that annoys me. Anyway. What I did love her as well is Nadolo as well, Aaron, because I love we all love Nadolo, don't we? Mm. He did an absolutely massive hit on Adam Byrne later on. Yes, and oh, when, yeah, and when Byrne was him. splattered on the floor, Nadolo <laughs> did the brilliant "I've just battered you" double chest slaps. He's lying on the floor. So we hit yeah. him and just went like this on him. Yeah, you know, like we've all that happened to me once. I was yeah. playing sevens, I think, and I dived. I, di- I actually dived on the ball, the wrong side of the rock. I was completely offside. And the <laughs> their scrum after the double chest slap on me, and you're offside, bet. Boom, boom, and then like ran off. And it was just like, yeah, no, I'm just trying to stop it coming out, sort of thing. But I'm fully aware of what the I'm double doing. chest tap. It's a legendary uh, move in rugby. You're offside, bet. Yeah. Boom, boom. yeah. In the same way that the uh, shake of the head, the, sh- the ruffle of the hair is the universal sign language for, yeah, you fucked up there, sunshine. Yeah. What uh, else have we got? Good for me. Yes. Uh, Sam Simmons. Oh, England's yeah, number eight. Again. England's number eight in the autumn. Him and Marcus, well, yeah, given the injury issues as well, but it would have been an argument anyway. Zach Mercer as well, if you're going to go down that road. Yeah, yeah, he's been Did great, you see Chris but... Cook's uh, one-handed grab and offload for Mercer's? Yes. So, do you know, <laughs> for if... an absolute shithouse that Chris Cook obviously is, <laughs> yeah. he ain't off bloody good mind. Yeah. If you just calm down, Chris, look at yeah, what you could achieve. such a massive <laughs> arsehole all the time on the pitch. <laughs> And it's very entertaining. It's I much like easier to do that kind of thing if you're still on the pitch, Chris. You know, it's not that difficult <laughs> to understand. Yeah, <laughs> you're not in the bin for chopsing or punching <laughs> or just doing something nasty. Yeah, it's much easier. Uh, but yeah, no, that was sick. Um, speaking of Ross Byrne, actually, uh, speaking of Leinster, actually, Ross Byrne, I thought got Leinster through a very tough game against a very good team. Yeah, and he's very young, and he's playing. You know. Filling Johnny Sexton's boots is not easy at the best of times. And, uh, yeah, I mean, his forwards did carry him, don't get you wrong, and Henshaw as well. It was obviously brilliant. But, yeah, I yeah. thought for, for a young lad <clears throat> making his European bow, that was very impressive. Uh, Jack Conan as well look, has looked yeah. impressive every time. I, I've, well, he's always looked impressive. He's looked particularly impressive yeah. this year I'm every massive, time I've seen him. Massive fan of Jack Conan. He's, you is know, he's lived out of Ireland now? No, there's a big thing about whether Heaslip will ever play again because he keeps giving very nebulous things about when he's going to recover from this back injury thing that he's got. So, yeah, I feel like his maybe his time if he does Because if you think back, about it, you've got Conan, you've got Stander, who could fight yeah. it out for eight. I think that'll do, <clears> wouldn't it? And when you think about the back row resources that are in Ireland in general, well, really, I mean... Fuck me, they've got incredible depth. And, yeah, I, th- I think probably given this, it's probably a good thing for Heathcliff's long-term health and viability if he maybe knocks Ireland on the head and just focuses on He's had on a good game. run on it, hasn't he? He's had a good knock, as they say. Yes, you know, and, and yeah. What have we got but, good uh, here? Yeah. Owen Curtis. Mm. Owen Curtis got in touch and said, um, at Blood and Mud, and he said, good was Scarlet's lose, getting a losing bonus point at Toulon. That was that would have been yeah. heard of two years ago. You're right. Yeah, we made that point Through as well. That. But yeah, they would have folded like a cheap 
yeah. garden chair. He said, but shit, was Scarlet only getting a losing bonus point at Salon because of the aforementioned uh, foot like a flump from Lee Harpening? Yeah, I, I, I was expecting better. Of, I think, I mean, don't forget, he did score, you know, obviously he contributed, he cost him a try. But, yeah. you know, he did run quite a nice support line to score that try as well. So, you know. But, you know, the reason he's there is to kick the big points and kick the big goals. Speaking and he of Tatlin and Nadolo, I mentioned it before, Adam Burns' defence. He yeah. missed seven tackles. It's and somebody great, pointed out that, yeah, but he was against Nadolo, <laughs> except he did exactly the same last week. <laughs> yeah. That is my big thing. I like Adam Byrne a lot. Remember when Greenwood named him in his Lions team? I do remember that. When, that they, was very to, when they were having to fill an hour and he was dressed like a children's magician. <laughs> Oh, that was great. But yes, I do remember that. And I think Adam Byrne is going to be a very, very impressive player and yes. good play for Ireland. However, he really does need to sort out his defence big time because he's a big lad. There's he not is really a big an excuse lad. for There's that. There's no excuse for it. So's that um, uh, Jacob Stockdale. Oof, he's a big lad. He is a big lad. Yeah. He's, a, he's a, modern, a modern winger. And in... while we're on good, it's sometimes easy to forget how mesmerising Charles Piatow is. Mm-hmm. wasn't a great game at Actually, Ulster, but yeah. Speaking of, of players that are so always brilliant all the time that we forget, Nakawara. Yeah, I Fuck mean, to, me. you feel almost ten, too, it seems too obvious to mention, game, but yeah. I know, 10 offloads in a game from a lock, and they were mainly brilliant, outrageous, ridiculous ones as well. And he scored a try. Unplayable is used too often in this, but in this game. Is but he, li- he is, when he's like that, he is just... What the? F- they were suggesting like they at half time, weren't they? I think Fat Flatman was saying that what you need to do is not don't put any more men than one on him. Just hold yeah. him, and everybody mark the people who are running off him because that's that, that's where the danger is. Yeah, and like there was there were moments where like he had three or four men like bungling him into touch, <laughs> and he'd just get a fucking telescopic arm up there and just throw a six or seven yard <laughs> offload, and it's just like how how do you deal with that? I did. It he is, is the wonderful. Most interesting thing in that racing team by a country fucking mile. Yeah. Because the rest of it's a pile of bollocks. The 12 people watching must be in fucking orgasmic raptures every week. <laughs> yeah, so what else have we got that's good? Well, Martin Solomon got in touch at Bloodwood and he said, Good, was seeing the legend that is Sean Holly at the Ammon Adventure Sportive yesterday? Which was Sunday, I'm sure as we're recording. An adventure sportive is a very exciting. I'm sure up the Ammon, yeah. Event. Uh, but shit yeah. was he didn't get his guitar out, no guitar with him. Oh, so therefore, it's been ruined. That it wasn't good. It's ruined <laughs> yeah, it, Martin. Shit. Yeah. Um. Good for me. Uh, the Barbars are having a women's team. Yes, I did see that. And somebody suggested that yeah. could the I think it was you suggested could the Lions be next? Lions should be next, surely. Like, there's not really any reason not to. A couple of people suggested, oh, because it would just be the England players because Scotland, Wales, and Ireland are shit. Well, yeah. it's not yeah. entirely shit. So the 1993 tour all over again, then, basically. Well, yeah, exactly. It's not like it would mainly be England players, but there'd be a fair load of Irish ones, and I'm sure there'd be at least one or two Welsh ones, and it would be fun. And let's do it because why not? I uh, did you see that somebody tweeted? Sorry, gone off track. It somebody somebody mm. tweeted. Um, who would you want to be in carpool karaoke with James Corden? Yes. And I retweeted Mamuka Gorgodza in a really foul temper. 
like uh, it. People have jumped on this. Uh, so, for example, <laughs> Magister Equitum said James Haskell immediately after being splashed with water. Yes. Will Matthew would said Ross Moriarty with a migraine. Yes. <laughs> and have you seen uh, Ross Moriarty's dyed his hair a sort of peroxide blonde? Have you well? seen oh. how awkward Ross Moriarty is on the Mitsubishi adverts on the telly? Oh, no. You I know the bit in between that. the adverts where it's people, it's Gloucester players <laughs> oh, talking yeah, to yes. kids? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know there was a Moriarty yeah, one. Well, he's in I the huddle. the John Affair one, which always looks weird. He's in the huddle with a load of kids, and he says something like, stick together and always follow the ball. But it's the <laughs> most wooden thing. <laughs> Bless him. Of all his strengths, this isn't one of them. But he's, yeah. um, yeah. There will so, be no post career acting for, uh, so, young Ross. Will Matthewman, thank you very much, has said Ross Moriarty with a migraine. This could be a new feature. So, yes, challenge accepted. So, I throw this out to you. Yeah. Listeners out there, what rugby playing type people would you like to see in a confined space with James Corden being driven around? Uh, the Pontypool front row, <laughs> the V at Gwent. Charlie Faulkner, <laughs> drunk. Yes, and angry, so angry. We had Bobby Windsor at our end of season B once. Have I, told, I must have told you that story. No, I don't think you have. He was very drunk. You don't, I don't understand a word that he was saying. He just told loads of jokes about Charlie Faulkner. Well, I mean, were they at least good jokes? Yeah. You know, I, I left school at 17. Charlie just came out of Borstal. They were quite, you know, you giggled when you were sat there in your number ones and a few drunk drinks in. <laughs> Fair enough, but he was a tour in New Zealand when he asked for some. When Charlie Fortner asked for some bacon, and he said we haven't got any bacon, and Charlie Fortner said, "What? Three million sheep in this country, you got no bacon." <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not true, but it still made me laugh. That is great. That I want that to be true so badly. Sorry, I went off on one there. Have you got any goods for us before we finish? Uh, no, I think that was me actually. I think it was. Anyway. Oh, Ali Brew, obviously. Well, we've already you know, covered. It's a standard item, but Ali yeah. Brew, yeah. yeah. But yeah. actually, genuinely, did play well. And the mystery Brilliant. of it rolls really on. Good. Don't try and understand it. It's, no. like, it's like the Cuthbert Police on Cup. Don't try and understand it. You never will no, never just, understand it. Just enjoy it. Will Gaines last week tried to do some kind of you know spreadsheet with it. Don't. Don't. No. Fuck that shit. Sports science just... is killing sport. Yeah. And it'll kill Alan Brew and nobody wants that. Yeah. Don't let don't let Opta anywhere near Alan Brew. <laughs> That's what I say. Oh, they, they do a horrible tweet with his name again. Wonder they? they put they, what would they put? <laughs> Brewed. Brewed Home home brew. Pot. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> it's something awful. Anyway, thank uh, you all for joining us this week. Yes, indeed. Again, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for your contacts. Thank you for everything. Please, you know, and tell your friends if you enjoy this, if you think the man enjoy it, and yeah. let everybody know. Because, you know, let's get a few more listeners in the club. Yeah, and, we're, and let's face it, we're not paying for advertising anytime soon. There'll be no promoted tweets or Facebook boosts from us about no, any of this we get stuff. Some, we so. get some adverts inserted by ACAST to cover our costs. That's about it, really. So thank you for yeah. your patience with those so, as well. Yeah, exactly. Just just, just spread the word. Tell your friends. Be our street team. Indeed. And also, I will just drop this in. Like like uh, uh, Josh has got his rugby shirt watch website, I've started a football podcast now. It's called Ness on Dorma Podcast. It's about 80s and 90s football, so have a look at that if you fancy it. It's and it's already more successful than this one, so uh, enjoy this podcast while you can, everybody. Because uh, <laughs> it isn't, be it isn't actually. I, it got into the top ten of the iTunes charts of the weekend, and I don't know why, because it certainly isn't based <laughs> on listener numbers. Let me tell you that I've got no idea. Anyway, thank you all. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Take care, everybody. As Caller, we've always looked at the future. 
leading the way with our renewable gas bio-LPG. Ideal for off-grid homes and businesses, it cuts emissions by up to 90%. So, if like Mary and Mick Gorman and Abby Leakes, you're looking for a cleaner, more efficient way to cook and heat your home, our renewable gas is the right solution for you. And one that protects the planet too. Bio-LPG. Renewable gas from Calor. Find out more at calorgas.ie. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.